Hi, it's Liz, host of the Chit Chat Circus podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. So I am launching a new series that I'm going to call Food with Friends, and it's going to be all about my wonderfully diverse group of friends and some very clear and funny stories and memories that I have from them and all the food that we've shared or dishes that they've introduced me to or other kinds of food memories. And I'm going to share all of that wonderful stuff with you guys. So the very first one in this series is going to feature my good friend, Derek. I met Derek when I was in the military. She's the first person to introduce me to Thai food and take me out to some restaurants in the local area. We started with Pad Thai. I fell in love with the delicious sticky rice with mangoes, the snow rolls, everything. My current favorite Thai dish is Pad Wu Sen with these clear glass noodles and tomatoes. It's so fresh and delicious. I love it. It's been my favorite for a long time. So it's not on every restaurant menu. If you do get a chance to try it at a Thai food place near you, I highly recommend it. But anyways... Derek introduced me to the wonderful world of Thai food. Ethnically, she's actually half Thai, half Laotian. So she's got an advantage of growing up on this kind of food and really being able to be a connoisseur. And she knows those flavor profiles and the type of dishes and the, just the variety of all of that. So I was very lucky to know her and for her to take me out to a bunch of different restaurants and show me kind of what's what. So now I'm able to appreciate that cuisine type very fully. But the two of us ended up, after our military training, we ended up at the same duty station in San Antonio, which has a very large Thai and Laotian community, as well as Derek's own sister, Valerie. And through Derek, I was able to get to know Valerie and her husband and her family, and they invited me over to their house many times for some really wonderful meals. But they also were members of a local church around there, very active. And so I was invited through Valerie and through Derek to some of their church friends' house for a weekend barbecue, which was wonderful. But I have two very clear memories of that particular barbecue. So let me describe. So first, according to my upbringing, if I go to someone's house, I will, as their guest, I will honor them by eating whatever they put in front of me, even if it's strange or I don't quite know how to eat it. So... We went to their house and they served this dish that looked, it was probably something simple like a pad thai, but it had all these little shrimp in it. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll eat the shrimp. And they weren't large and peeled like the kind I grew up on at Sizzler or something like that. Nor they were, were they deep fried or anything like a coconut shrimp cocktail appetizer. They were the fully in their shells shrimp, just but they were smallish and they were just kind of mixed into the the dish. So I'm like, okay, I guess this is how they meant to eat it. So I just kind of mixed one in with some of my noodles and I popped it in my mouth. I started eating it and I'm like, oh, it's a little crunchy, but <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess this is how they do it. So I'm going to do it. And, and they all kind of look at me and they're like, no, no, Liz, you're supposed to peel them. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so for the next bites, I did peel it, but I'm like, why would they serve it that way with everything on it? If that's not how you're supposed to eat it. But uh, it was kind of funny. And, and so to me, that always seemed odd. Like you have to put your food or put your hands into like the seasoned and spice and mixed food to kind of de de-shell the shrimp. But it was okay. It was crunchy. <laughs> you know, I got a little extra fiber from it. And uh, I gained a reputation as the white girl who would eat anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is, you know, that goes back to how I was raised. You put it in front of me, I'm going to eat it and I'm going to say thank you. <laughs> so even if it confuses me greatly. So, 
the second thing I remember from this wonderful weekend barbecue at these folks house was the papaya salad. Now I had seen Derek make papaya salad at her sister's house in the kitchen in the traditional manner. There's a long skinny mortar and a very long pestle to go with it. And you basically put shredded green papaya along with other spices and seasonings, probably something like fish sauce, chilies, and some other stuff, maybe lemongrass and onions. I'm not exactly sure. But you put all that stuff in this mortar and you hammer it down with the pestle and it kind of like circles around almost like a washing machine until eventually everything is kind of broken down and soft and mixed in with the spices. And so that's how I've seen her make papaya salad. It looks like a ton of work. I have no idea if they're doing a more streamlined process in most restaurants. I can't imagine they're doing this thing on the floor of the kitchen with this mortar and pestle. That would just take forever. But in a traditional setting, that's how they would do it. And I'm sure that's how these church friends of Val and Derek's were doing it as well in the traditional manner. But in honor of me and Derek, who is not such a fan of the spicy food like her family was, they made a special papaya salad for us with just two chilies. (laughs) And even with that, just the two chilies, my eyes were watering. And if I had any kind of cold, it was gone by the end of the meal. But for the rest of the folks, their papaya salad was made with 20 chilies, which I can't even imagine. <laughs> that must have just been insanely spicy. But uh, they, that's how they like to cook it. So they're clearly used to it and they loved it. I don't really remember exactly what else we ate at this time, but I remember those two things. I remember the very crunchy shit because I didn't deshell it. And I remember the super unspicy for them, but super spicy for me, two chili papaya salad. So yeah, so that was a a good time with some of Derek and Valerie's church friends. I had another chance to eat some of their families and family's friends really good food when we went up to Derek's dad's retirement. He lived in Oklahoma City. We went up there for the weekend. It was her dad's retirement party. He was a Baptist minister at a church. So he had a lot of contacts in the community, and it was a Thai or Laotian church that he went to or that he ran. And so they had a big retirement party in the basement of this church. I remember all the food was delicious. It smelled delicious. It looked great. These people really know how to cook, especially Derek's dad. He was a very good cook. But one of the things I was really surprised by was these dessert soups. I've never seen anything since. It doesn't make the menu at a Thai restaurant. If you go to a Thai restaurant, the two desserts they'll usually have are fried bananas and they might have sticky rice or sweet sticky rice with mangoes if the mangoes are in season. Those are pretty much the only two options I've ever seen. I have some very good Thai food cookbooks. I've made sticky rice with mangoes before. It's delicious, but... I've never found anything like these dessert soups. And it would help if I knew what they were called so that I could look them up. But I'll do some research. If any of you listening know what these dessert soups are, please let me know. But basically, it was almost like a coconut base. So it was white looking rather than, although some of them might have been clear. And then the things they had in it were almost like a fruit cocktail. So like little pieces of fruit, maybe like melons or cherries or something else like that. And then very popular in Thai food are those little tapioca pearls. So maybe they would have some tapioca pearls floating in it, or they would have little cubes of the agar agar thickener or something. 
I don't exactly know what was in these, but they were delicious and all the little parts were very tasty. It was fun to eat. And they had several different varieties of this. And I've, I've no idea what it was, but it, maybe it was like a sauce or something. And it was just me that was eating them like a dessert. But I, the way I remember it is they were dessert soups and they were delicious. So again, I was spoiled when I lived in San Antonio because it was a very, I guess, concentrated Thai and Laotian population. So they had a lot of very good restaurants that my friends and I would hit up on the regular to, you know, indulge our love of Thai food. And Derek was my roommate. So when we'd throw these big parties for 4th of July or Memorial Day or whatever the holiday was, she would often use her sister's recipe for egg rolls. And we'd make hundreds of egg rolls for these parties and um or sometimes like Derek's sister would make them and then bring them over I can't imagine how much work that was but I remember sitting on our couch rolling egg rolls for like hours before these parties with these two big bowls of the mixture of um of meat and vegetables and spices that we were putting into these egg rolls so that was a lot of work but it was delicious that recipe was really good and I remember calling or writing Derek about once every couple years asking for that recipe. I'm like, hey, Derek, I lost that recipe. Can you talk to Val and get that egg roll recipe again for me? <laughs> so and she'd happily oblige. So so those are what most people, I guess, would think of egg rolls. They're kind of small, usually some kind of pork or beef with onions and sauces filling. There's another kind of Thai roll I really like called a fresh roll or a snow roll. And those are delicious. It's usually the clear glass noodles, um, some shrimp or pork or both, basil leaves, and maybe some shredded carrots and some bean sprouts, some things like that, in one of those very thin, almost gummy, clear glass wrappers. And those, Derek showed me how to make those too. You basically take like a big tray or pan of water, soak this very thin, crispy wrapper in it for a few seconds until it becomes filled with water, until it rehydrates. Then you put that on your plate or your tray, add all your ingredients, roll it up, and you mix it with, or or I'm sorry, you dip it into a mixture of soy sauce and peanut butter. That's delicious. Unless you're allergic to peanuts, in which case, don't use that sauce. But I am not allergic to peanuts, so that's what I would make. And it was delicious. I loved those very much. And we would also make those for the parties or just because, because they were delicious. My mom remembers visiting me in San Antonio and going with Derek. For some reason, I must have been at work. I had a different work schedule than she did. But my mom remembers going with Derek to almost every Asian grocery store in our neighborhood because Derek was looking for a particular kind of Thai basil. And if she struck out at one store, she'd just go to the next one. She's like, nope, nope, this isn't it. I am not satisfied with the basil on offer. I'm going to the next store. And so obviously there's, you know, gardeners would know this. Chefs would know that there's lots of different kinds of basil. Thai basil is one. There's lemon basil. There's a bunch of different things. So, But there was a particular kind. I don't remember what it was. But my mom remembers going with, uh, shopping with Derek on the hunt for the perfect kind of basil, probably for something like this dish. But uh, because I love this, so I love Thai food so much, it's one of my favorite things. It was the last meal I had in a restaurant before COVID-19 hit. I'd gone on an afternoon, weekend hike with a friend. We drove across the street to the Thai restaurant that I would go to quite often, one of her favorites as well. We had their lunch special. It was wonderful. And it was supposed to be my birthday dinner this March until everything was closed. So that was the, you know, celebrated home kind of birthday. But it was just one of my favorite cuisines. It's always my favorite. I love it. So one of the most 
I guess, eye-opening experiences for me was when I went to Italy, which is not a super ethnically diverse country. And they didn't have a lot of Thai restaurants. And so I couldn't get a lot of Thai food for two years when I lived there. So a friend of mine, Jennifer, had been to Italy a few years before I got there. And she was there maybe 10 to 12 days, which is a long time for one country. A lot of people country hop quite a bit when they're in Europe. But she was specifically there to visit a friend who had done a study abroad in Florence, the same city I was in. And so they were going back to Florence with her friend and the parents and everything um, and, and had a great time. But she told me when she came back, oh, you know, by the end of that trip, I was sick of Italian food. And in my head, I'm thinking that's impossible. There's no way you can be sick of Italian food. Pasta is one of the best things ever. And so is pizza. So how can you get sick of Italian food? Well, let me tell you, after two years living in Italy, you can absolutely get sick of Italian food. Now, I mentioned before that it's not super ethnically diverse. There are a few Chinese restaurants in the city that I was in, Florence. There are a lot more Turkish donor kebab stands in the city. There's a few little pockets of other things, but for the most part, every restaurant, every bar during aperitivo, the ingredients in the grocery store, they're all local and sourced in Italy, and they're what the people grew up with and want to eat. Which is great. There's a lot of stuff that's fresh in season. I took an Italian cooking course and I know how to make those things. And they're delicious. And I would sometimes eat those very often. But I would start craving other stuff. And at the time that I was there, there wasn't a Thai restaurant in Florence. I think the nearest Thai restaurant was in Milan, which is several hours on a very expensive train to the north of Italy. And I couldn't do that every time I got a craving for Thai food. It just wasn't possible. So luckily, there was a Brazilian grocery store. And I'm unaware of a very large Brazilian population in Florence. I don't know where these people are, are working or studying or anything. They weren't in my circle, unfortunately. But I was very grateful to know about that Brazilian grocery store that I heard about through one of my roommates. And... I was able to go there and get some of the these Asian ingredients. They had the clear glass wrappers that I needed for the snow rolls. They had the pre-cooked shrimp that I could just deshell and devein. And I was able to find some of the other things, the bean sprouts and some lemongrass and stuff like that. Fish sauce. Italian grocery store is not going to carry that. So I was able to find all of these these very specific Asian ingredients at the Brazilian store. And I was so thrilled because I... I took my precious cargo back to my apartment. And thanks to Derek, I knew how to make that dish. I was able to mix everything. Oh, that Brazilian store was one of the few places in the city where you could buy peanut butter as well. So Americans seem to go nuts in Italy because they're not super fans of peanut butter. That was available at my local grocery store, but it wasn't available at everybody's. So mine was just a little bit bigger, I guess. But not big enough to have clear glass wrappers and, and mung beans and stuff. But... I found all those. I went back to my kitchen. I made these snow rolls. <laughs> I probably made, I, I don't know how many, but I ate them for like two days straight for like lunch and dinner. I could not get enough. It was so soothing to my soul and my stomach to have this food again. I loved it. I told my friend Christine about it and she's like, oh my gosh, you can make snow rolls. Please make some snow rolls for me. I really hope I did. I really hope I went back to that store. I don't remember making them and sharing them with her. I certainly hope I did though, because I I really understand how much you miss a certain food when you don't have it for months at a time and there isn't a way to get it. 
the grocery stores may or may not sell the ingredients. You may or may not have access to a restaurant that makes that cuisine. Things might be different now. It's been several years since I've been back. There might be a Thai restaurant in Rome. I did get down to Rome several times. I was just busy with other stuff. Usually it was on a class field trip, so I didn't have time to hunt down all the favorite you know, restaurants of all the cuisines that I was missing. I do remember one of my favorite things about going to the other countries. If I went to Spain for a weekend or the UK especially for a weekend, or I was a little there a little bit longer than a weekend, but anyways... One of my favorite things was not eating Italian food <laughs> for that weekend. And I was just like, oh, yay, let me have some, you know. In London, we had some Turkish food, lots of English breakfast, things like that. And then by the end of that, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I really want some, some pasta from such and such a restaurant. Or I really want some, you know, pizza diavolo. That was one of my favorites from, you know, the one on the corner. And so by the end of that, I had more of an appreciation for the Italian food again, and I was able to go back and feel a little bit soothed and less needy for something with a little bit more variety. So anyways, that is a long story about how much I absolutely love Thai food. My favorite dish currently is Pad Wu Sen, but there's amazing Thai soups. I think Tom Ka is my favorite Thai soup that's really delicious that my local restaurant Von Thai does. The snow rolls, of course, are always going to be one of my favorites, as are the regular egg rolls that are crispy. They're also delicious. Pad thai, every kind of curry. I need to experiment more with some of my recipes. I've got a very good Thai cookbook called Cracking in the Coconut. I've made some dishes out of there. I think I've made the pad thai and the dessert, sticky rice with mangoes. I'll have to branch out and see what else they've got in there. I've never tried to make the papaya salad, just because I remember how complicated it looked when Derek was sitting on the kitchen floor with this mortar and pestle. I'm like, that looks exhausting. If I can find a simpler way to do that, I'll try and make some papaya salad. So weigh in in the comments on YouTube or Facebook or whichever platform you're listening to the podcast on. Let me know, are you a fan of Thai food? Are there cookbooks that you recommend? Is there a favorite recipe site or a favorite ingredient? Do you know what those Thai dessert soups are called? Or was that just a figment of my imagination? <laughs> Please let me know. As always, thank you for tuning in. You can follow the Chit Chat Circus on any of the social media, including YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our own webpage, thechitchatcircus.com. All right. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you have a lovely day. Go eat some pad thai and snow rolls, and I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye.